Hi, I'm Jesse. This week, we're going to talk about bringing up the sacred conversation. This is sometimes the hardest part in evangelism, and it's actually incredibly easy to overcome. Like, how do I get from talking about the Red Sox to talking about Jesus? How do I get from talking about the F-35 and the financial debacle around it to Jesus? How do I get from talking about tech to Jesus? How do I bring the gospel up? here and there. All right, let's look at some examples biblically this week of starting that sacred conversation. This is Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus. These are two disciples right after the crucifixion, just a few days after the crucifixion, actually, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk among them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? <laughs> Don't you love it when Jesus asks questions? Because he already knows the answer to all of them. Why does Jesus ask questions? So that people would answer them. And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? What things? He asked them. So they, they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish and slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. They came near to the village where they were going, and he gave the impression that he was going farther. But they urged him, stay with us, because it's almost evening, and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. But he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven, and those with, uh, those with them gathered together, who said, the Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what happened on the road and how it, uh, he was made known uh, to them in the breaking of the bread. This is how Jesus brought it up. <laughs> he walked along with them and asked them what they were talking about. They had heard about Jesus, so in this case, it had to be the easiest setting in the world to actually make the transition to the gospel. But what Jesus does is train them. And as a result, they end up sharing the gospel with Jesus. Think about that. Now they're missing some critical pieces here. Jesus points this out to them, he even scolds them in verse 25, how foolish and slow you are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. But here's what's really cool. He begins with Moses. He begins with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He begins with the law, and then he concludes the prophets, Ezekiel through Malachi, and arguably the Psalms too to show how all of these things pointed to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. If you can't begin straight up with the gospel, you can even begin with their complaint that Christians don't 
adhere to the law of Moses. Christians eat shellfish. And the book of Leviticus forbids them from eating shellfish. They're hypocrites. They don't believe their own Bible. You can start with that law. You can point it to Jesus. You can start with prophecy. You can start with Israel. You know how Israel exists today is actually a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And you can point to Jesus. You start with Genesis and you point to Jesus. He's the one foretold in Genesis 3, 15 and 16. He is the one who would crush the head of the serpent. In every Old Testament text, there's a way to point to Jesus. So to start the sacred conversation, you begin with where they're at. And if where they begin, as the discussion flows, is more easily brought to Old Testament law, Old Testament prophecy, do what Jesus did on the road to Emmaus and show how it points to Jesus, it points to Jesus, it points to Jesus, it points to Jesus. If they don't want to straight up pray a prayer of repentance right then and there, maybe they'll talk about why Christians eat shellfish to the glory of God. Start with the law and point to Jesus. Start with the prophets and point to Jesus. All Old Testament texts point to Jesus. So sometimes the sacred conversation can begin in the Old Testament. It can begin with the law. It can begin with the prophets. This is a tool to use as you evangelize. I've seen God use this to bear fruit in my evangelistic life. In Jesus' name, he'll use it to bear fruit in yours. Are you ready? Pray.